This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne. I am your fellow England supporter. I am your host for this podcast. And indeed, welcome to February, a very important month for the LGBTQ or the LGBT plus community, especially those within football. Not only is it LGBT History Month, but also Football versus Homophobia's Month of Action. Coming up, we'll be speaking with Joe White, co-founder of the Three Lions Pride fan group. You may have seen their flag at home and away England games. Now, January saw four podcasts released. I've been overwhelmed by the reaction to them. These periods where there are no games to talk about can be a hard time to come up with some content. So I'm really pleased with the feedback and uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed them. Now, ahead of this year's Euros, I have been speaking with England supporters about their memories of previous tournaments that they went to. Both 1980 with Les Gasson and 1988 with Billy Grant proved to be popular and squeezed in between was the Aylesbury United versus England episode. That's right, non-league Aylesbury played England. Wouldn't happen in this day and age, but it did in 1988. Draw back through the uh, threelinespodcast.com. You will find it there if you haven't heard it yet. I say they are still available to listen uh, to via threelinespodcast.com or your chosen podcast provider. And there will be more to come this month. We'll be looking at Euro 92. Well, speaking of the Euros, I hope you got what you wanted with regards to tickets for supporters, travel club members. Fortunately, I managed to spell my name correctly, meaning I'm through to the next round. Tickets all the way to the final. Should we get there? Uh, looking forward to it already. I can't imagine what sort of a job it was for the travel club to process tickets for the amount of people that wanted them. So I hope you'll join me in giving them a, uh, a thank you very much for organising that and sorting that out. Don't forget you've got until, I think it's the 5th of February, um, to pay for those. I'm sure we'll give them another headache when they announce the Austria details and a venue for Romania is confirmed. Of course, both are fixtures in the run-up to the tournament. Now, January saw a troublesome period for England strikers. Harry Kane and Marcus Rashford injured, both looking to be out until April time. Kane with a hamstring injury and Rashford with a back injury. Means they're going to miss the two March games against Italy and Denmark. Whilst it's not a certainty he'll be involved, Jamie Vardy also suffered an injury for Leicester against West Ham. And Tammy Abraham hurt his ankle colliding against the advertising hoardings against Arsenal. On the plus side, hopefully it means they'll be fresher come June. But it does give Gareth Southgate a nice headache. Who comes in? Who now has the opportunity to impress? Dominic Calvert-Lewin? Can Danny Ings add to his 2015 cap? Jack Grealish surely needs to get that long-awaited call-up. And Wayne Rooney, anyone? Scored for Derby recently. 
And the England Players of the Year were announced throughout January. Congratulations to both Jordan Henderson and Lioness Lucy Bronze. And the Lionesses had their She Believes fixtures announced. They'll be off to the States in early March to play the USA, Japan and Spain. We'll have a preview to that at the back end of this month or very early March. So let's crack on with this episode and I'm pleased to be joined by England fan Joe White, co-founder of the Three Lions Pride Group. Now I'd like to welcome to the Three Lions podcast, co-founder of the England Three Lions Pride Group, Joe White. Hello, Joe. Hi, thanks for having me. Ah, you're very welcome. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming on the Three Lions Pride Group. How and when did it all come together? It feels so long ago now, but it would have been about officially a year, a year and a half before the Russia World Cup. Right. And uh, so by that point, there had been a lot of club-based LGBT plus fan groups uh, into existence and Pride in Football, which is the umbrella organisation for the UK LGBT plus fan groups. And myself and Di Cunningham, who is uh, chair of Proud Canaries and was heavily involved in Pride in Football, were starting to go to England games a lot more. The FA were being really supportive of Pride in Football. And we thought, why isn't there an England one? Uh, We were looking at and having huge conversations about Russia as a host nation, given its stance on LGBT plus issues. And we had this conversation there at the time were no LGBT plus fan groups on the international uh, team scale. And we discussed it and we'd both thought that going out to Russia, if LGBT Russians thought it was a good idea, would be something that we'd be up for. And that's kind of where Three Lines Pride came into existence. Well, Russia was probably... I don't want to say the worst start or the worst starting place, but there could have been better places to uh, to start, I guess, wouldn't there? It, it definitely could have uh, come from nicer places mm. um, and more positive places. But I think the growth of club LGBT plus fans groups really empowered us to be confident that we could make a difference and be visible Right, I mean, yeah. we'd, we'd got contacts with the FA and UEFA and from that FIFA to have the conversations to make sure that we would be safe. We were talking to LGBT plus Russians uh, quite often about whether they thought it would be a good idea. And actually, I think it's really positive that even something that could have been a real negative of having it hosted in Russia turned into, for at least England fans, and actually now much more across the world, especially Europe, it's become a real positive. And I think that's a wonderful legacy for something that we were all quite worried about could be a really negative tournament. Yeah. So you said that you, you were having conversations with the FA and, and FIFA. Were they were they all very supportive or, or did they maybe make you think about going with some trepidation? I think FIFA were always going to do the same lines that they always do, which is there are precautions in place. We're aware of the issue. 
will continue to engage. The FA were really supportive and had got to know us, saw how much we supported and followed England, but from afar because we didn't necessarily feel safe in Stadia beforehand and saw the power of what Pride in Football was doing. And so really supported us to make the decision on our own, but then back us and help us with talking to the Foreign and Commonwealth Office and making sure that the embassy knew what was going on. We had all the contacts that we needed to, if there was an issue, be safe, but also prepare us and link us with the people that we needed to know to make sure that we could really make an impact as well. Yeah. So when you'd, you'd made your decision to go to Russia and, and plans were all in place, what was the... Well, I guess what was the first reaction from England supporters when they first saw um, the Three Lions Pride? Because I know you've got a flag um, that is flown regularly at, at England games. What was the reaction from England supporters and then and then like Russian supporters and, and other supporters on the World Cup stage? I think for England supporters, a lot had seen us, especially at Wembley, for the qualifiers with the flag. Mm. And so kind of knew that, we existed but didn't necessarily know who we were or what we were doing and then saw that we'd come out to Russia there'd been obviously a lot of media attention in the build-up for not just LGBT plus fans but also black and minority ethnic fans and safety and saw that we'd traveled all that way spent a fair amount of our own money getting out there and that we were just as passionate and dedicated to England as they were and were really really supportive we had a lot of people coming over, asking for pictures, uh, asking what we do, and really keen to find out more about us in our group and what we stand for. And especially, I've got really fond memories of the uh, penalty shootout uh, against Colombia and just all kind of turning away when we missed our penalty and then all being like, come on, we've, we've got this. And it yeah. was such a real uh, camaraderie experience and I think people really saw that we weren't just there to kind of wave a rainbow flag we were there for the football as much as anything else yes and I think that was a, a really important and breaking through that kind of stereotype that people think that we're just there for an agenda and realizing that we're actually proper football fans too kind of the Russian side of things Di and I both have very very strong memory at the Panama game in Nizhny and um, we'd had the banner up we'd had issues with the banner being taken down and then having to actually contact our representatives with uh, what is now FSA um, and FIFA to get the banner brought back and put back up in time for the match and at the end of that game a uh, Russian fan came all the way round from the other side of the stadium to find us and was like is the, is is that a rainbow? Is this uh, uh, LGBT? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we're LGBT England fans. Yeah. And in that moment, just his face kind of went from confusion into a really big smile. And oh, wow. he explained that he's a gay Russian football fan and he never thought those two worlds could ever mix. And so we had a lot of those kind of conversations with not just russian people but people from all over the world and on a really micro scale that was very empowering and just wonderful to see that we were making a difference to people on just a personal level and showing them that 
you can be LGBT plus and enjoy football. You can go and be openly LGBT plus at football. And the sport isn't somewhere that can't be a safe place and somewhere where you can just go be yourself and love the football. Yeah. Are you the the first LGBT national supporters group are you aware of or were there other ones at the world cup no so when we founded we were very very proud to be the first international uh, team lgbt plus fan group uh, since the world cup we've had conversations with our other uk uh, nations uh, to try and help set up groups there and very happy that a french lgbt plus fan group has started and there are conversations about a us and a canadian one as well okay so perhaps the uh, the forthcoming euros will see uh, more groups being being available being obvious that that is a real hope for us especially given whether you uh, agree with it and like it or not having it across europe there's mm. a real chance for visibility in so many different places yeah no, i agree um i mean a, a more recent match was the the bulgaria uh, away euro qualifier i know it had its other off the field events with supporters but i i didn't personally go but i saw various pictures of some unsavory stickers um in in bulgaria was that something you experienced and and felt uneasy over there Bulgaria was a real um, interesting experience. Right. Uh, so there were two of our group that went out, myself was one of them, and we'd had a wonderful 24-hour coach experience from Prague. So we were already uh, tired and slightly uh, grumpy. <laughs> but we we knew it wasn't going to be like other away trips that we've potentially been on that are more LGBT-friendly. It is one of the worst for LGBT plus rights in Europe, which is sadly a trend you see the further Eastern Europe you go. Mm. But broadly, we didn't have too many issues. We didn't feel necessarily 100% safe, but I think that was replicated by a lot of England fans in how it was. Uh, But what I think was a shining light for us out there is we had help putting up our banner which we were very happy got on the uh, television coverage and people kind of didn't care and were chatting to us about it and it really showed us the vision of England fans as hooligans and thugs couldn't be further from the truth there are always going to be a minority of fans whatever team whether it's national or club level that are idiots that stain and tarnish the rest but england fans especially on the hard to get to or difficult away trips always appreciate the other england fans and are there as a massive support and that was lovely to see yeah i mean february is is a big month isn't it It is the lgbt history month and also um football versus homophobia's month of action so perhaps you can um, elaborate some more on that yep so in uh, the uk february is designated for lgbt plus history month so you get a lot of events and talks and things like that about kind of lgbt plus rights the challenges that we face 
celebrating where we've come, how far we've come, uh, especially. And football versus homophobia also have their month of action uh, because Justin Fashionu, who still is the only elite male player in the UK to come out whilst playing, it was his birthday in February. So they celebrate that month and his birthday. Ah, that's the reason I see. And so it all ties in very, very nicely. Oh. Of course, Di is a, uh, my fellow uh, co-founder of Three Lines Pride is a Norwich fan. She uh, really enjoys having February as a month-long set of things to do, show visibility and talk about what we're doing. Uh, you yourself are from the, the Gay Gooners fan group and, and Di from a proud Canaris. And you, you mentioned um, earlier there's plenty of Premier League sides um, with LGBT fan groups. Proud Lily Whites of Tottenham, Canal Street Blues, Manchester City, uh, the Pride of Irons of West Ham. And we were speaking uh, just off air that though, or some of those fan groups, uh, they were the ones that came together initially to form Pride in football. Yes, yeah, so the original four uh, Arsenal Gay Gooners were the first fan group, which obviously I don't at all rub into anyone. Dyes uh, Proud Canaries were the second, shortly followed by uh, Proud Little Whites at Spurs and Canal Street Blues at Manchester City. And those four decided it would be really good to be able to share knowledge and experiences and learning points to form a kind of umbrella organisation for LGBT plus fans groups in the UK and that's how Pride in Football as a network was formed and so that started I believe in 2014-2015 time and now there are over 50 uh, LGBT plus fans groups across the UK. That's really positive and I had a quick look on on the website there there's there's plenty of links um, on prideinfootball.co.uk and it's the, the allies page I think isn't it where you can head to and have a, a look around on there you're, yes. you're also on twitter as well aren't you I yeah mean. uh twitter at pride in football uh and most of the lgbt plus fans groups have their own twitter so for example at gay gooners and at proud canaries then another thing i think many supporters will be aware of is the the rainbow laces campaign um which you you told me was actually started by paddy power of all people yes yeah, so back don't think how long ago this was i believe around 2013 around the time that uh, gay gooners actually was founded uh, paddy power started the rainbow laces campaign there was actually a very prominent video featuring the arsenal first team including a wonderful Giroud section where he goes it's not my fault i know i'm pretty uh, which obviously uh, went very viral uh, for the time and they started it but realizing that a uh, betting company brings with it many difficulties handed it over to the stonewall charity which has been campaigning for lgbt plus rights for decades now and that's where kind of rainbow laces has grown into uh, working with the premier league the fa the efl various other organizations is it worldwide uh rainbow laces i believe isn't worldwide yet but you do get similar representation across not just football uh, worldwide but also other sports so for example in north america for ice hockey they have rainbow tape where they put the tape on their hockey sticks in rainbow colors okay um and for pride month in america for football 
sorry, soccer as they would call it, which is wrong and offensive. But uh, for football over in America for Pride Month, which is, I think, June in the States, uh, they do rainbow lettering. Oh, I see. Right. OK. And on the on the football front, um, how, how do you see this year going for England? I think for England, it's very difficult. Given the draw, mm. it's a nice enough group, but it's the knockouts that I worry about personally, given that we've, if we come first or second, we've got group of death. But you can't get all the way, which I believe we could possibly do without playing the best teams. So I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think going forwards, we have so many threats, whether Kane is out injured or not. We have so, so many threats. What I would like to see in the friendlies that are coming up is a bit more of James Madison, because I think he's underused uh, England. I do think he's a real talent and someone who just can see a ball and can hit a free kick like nobody else in Premier League at the moment. And I think it's great seeing what options we have. Defensively, I'm a bit more worried. We saw that against Kosovo, uh, that we are vulnerable at the back. Mm. But I'm I'm used to watching a team that is vulnerable at the back but looks impressive attacking. So for me, it's nothing different. <laughs> yes, as as an Arsenal supporter myself, I uh, I know what you mean. <laughs> so, it adds to it adds to the entertainment, if nothing else. Yes, very much so, very much so. Um, so the 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 three lions pride flag. Where will that be on show at Wembley? Where can we likely to see that? Yep, so it will be up at Wembley. We'll get into the stadium early and put it up wherever we can find a space. But we'll definitely be there. We'll be around pre-game as well. And more than anything else, our group isn't just about being there for LGBT plus fans. It's also really important to have allies join us. We're a very sociable group. We do enjoy meeting up, chatting about football, about our lamenting our woes at our club level and just generally enjoying talking about football and engaging in all things football. So anyone's more than welcome to join as a member. Get in touch on our Twitter, uh, which is at the number three Lions Pride. We'll do that, and I will. Uh, I will link to that on through our for our own Twitter and indeed our, our Facebook page. Joe Thank White. you very much. Thank you very much, and uh, yeah, let's hope for a, a good year, and, and perhaps we'll say hello as on our England travels. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much to Joe for his time there. Keep a look out for the flag at Wembley and on the away trips. And as he said, you can find a Three Lions Pride on Twitter at Three Lions Pride. They're also on Facebook and Instagram too. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. All previous episodes can be found at threelinespodcast.com and your usual podcast provider. It would be great if you can let us know what you think. You can do that by leaving a positive review on the likes of iTunes or you can just get in touch. Please do. We're on all the usual social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And as I said at the beginning of the uh, the episode, there'll be another of our European Championships podcasts coming soon. So please do stay subscribed for that. So until then, cheers. Cheers.